Welcome to the latest episode of the Keeping Pace podcast. I'm your host, Mike Moreau. Tyran Williams is my latest guest. He is one of my Fleet Feet teammates and an often suggested guest. Tyran talks about his journey to being a runner, his quest to learn the 500 best albums of all time on his guitar, and an IG page that is largely dedicated to memes. Enjoy getting to know Tyran and enjoy the conversation. Hey Tyran, how's it going? Thanks for uh, taking time out of your day to join me. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. How's it going today? What have you been up to? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just trying to beat the heat as much as I can this last week uh, and enjoy the last bit of summer that uh, is August here in Chicago. How about yeah, you? I yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting ready to start coaching on Monday, so my, my summer is pretty much over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm, crazy how uh, how much we look forward to it and then it ends just as quickly. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I'm like, I don't I'm like someone asked me if I was excited today and I was like, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I always tell people that um Chicago summers make up for Chicago winters, but they go by really quickly. No, you're you're hundred percent right. Did you uh did you grow up in Chicago? Uh, yeah, so uh grew up on the west side of Chicago, or excuse me, the uh, western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, went to grad school here in Chicago. Um, so Chicago and through and through. Nice. Same. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, you know, I, you know, we all, we hang out, you know, via running, but I don't honestly don't know a whole, a lot about you. Give me a, a small introduction on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, mentioned grew up on the Western suburbs of Chicago, uh, went to high school in, uh, LaGrange, Lyons Township High School, uh, ran track, football, wrestling, and played basketball there. And uh, went to undergraduate down in Southern Illinois University, kind of took a break from, you know, running all the uh, athletics from there, um, kind of picked it up more so in graduate school uh, as I needed kind of something as like a stress relief. And then uh, progressed from there, just getting more back into the athletic side of things. Uh, once I was able to graduate and had more time free to get involved with everything. So you mentioned you did track in high school. Is that your your first experience with running? Uh, yeah, it was. So I always looked at running as kind of the punishment of other sports. For instance, when I was doing track in high school, my uh, high school coach would, uh, if you know, we had some sort of uh, infraction or we did something wrong, he would make us run with the cross country team or uh, the long distance running team. Uh, so running never really was something I was, you know, super involved in. Uh, it was just more so something I did as an ends to a mean. Uh, like for instance, I uh, when we did wrestling, we would run on Sundays to for our conditioning, but it was literally just a five to you know make sure we were able to go for like the six minutes that we ran uh and then you know just kind of progressed from there the older i got wait did you say the track coach made you run as punishment yeah yeah so like let's say uh you know you were late to a meeting or um you did something wrong uh he'd have us do practice that day with the cross country team or the long distance running team so it was more so uh we would have to be involved with the longer distance running as i ran sprint so it was never you know we're going to go out and do you know a four or five mile run it was more so we're going to do these couple hundred mile or excuse me 100 meters 200 meters and you know be done with practice for the day Ah, that seems backwards. Track coaches aren't supposed to do that to, to people on the track team. 
Uh, hey, man, again, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I always looked at running as the punishment for like the sports that I was involved in. Um, even when I was on the football team, uh, we would practice around the cross country team. And if you did something wrong, you would have to do the lap that uh, the cross country team would run for their um I guess meets is, is what a uh, cross country calls it. So you'd have to do that with full pads on. So it kind of reinforced, you know, you never want to be late to a meeting. You never want to uh, get in any sort of trouble or you'd have to do sort of long distance running. That's pretty messed up. Um, so you were a, a three sport athlete in high school. Uh, yeah. So uh, I freshman year was three sports, football, basketball, uh, track, and then, progressed from their uh, sophomore year through senior football, wrestling, uh, track. So track all four years, football all four years, uh, one year basketball, three years of wrestling. Which of the uh, which of the three was your your favorite sport? I would say that track was my favorite uh, just because it uh, encompassed the individual aspects uh, while also being a team sport. Uh, you could focus on uh, trying to be the best in your individual uh, uh, athletic event while also contributing to the team point total for the meet that you were in. It's it's honestly interesting that you described it as a team sport, because I know, I think a lot of people would look at track as, you know, largely individual. Where did you, uh, was that largely coming from the coach or is that something you, you know, you saw from your other sports? Uh, so it was something that I saw coming from, uh, just taking a holistic view at track as a whole. I was never, the kid who was the fastest on the team, but um, I was able to run hurdles, which allowed us to gain team points in one event. And I was never uh, the best at, uh, since I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't like the best at long jump, but I was uh, able to do triple jump, which allowed us to gain points elsewhere. So um, I kind of figured out that I would be able to work around the skills that I had to still contribute to the team total for um, the track team that we had and uh, be a valuable member of the team in other ways, rather than being the fastest, being able to jump the farthest or the highest. That's an awesome way to look at it. I'm glad you, you found that pretty early. I know with, with our track and cross country team, we definitely like emphasize the, you know, the team aspect of it, but I feel it's something we have to convince them of it's like not something that they think of right away because you're largely running by yourself. So that's, it's right. awesome. You thought of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, it contributed to thinking outside the box in terms of just trying to score points in your individual event. Uh, you kind of think, how can I make a contribution so that we win this team event? Awesome. And then, so what, what were your events? It sounds like you, even within track, you, you did a variety just to help the team out. Uh, so I ran the 110 high hurdles. Uh, I ran the 300 meter hurdles. Uh, I did triple jump and uh, I ran the four by four. Wow. Those are, those are all, t that's a tough combo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh I guess my coach making me run with the cross country teams early on kind of contributed to me seeking out those longer events that were, I guess you would call them distant sprints, like the 400 or the 300 meter hurdles. Uh, and then 
just still having that sprint background uh, led to me doing the 110 high hurdles and then the triple jump as well. I've watched the 300 hurdles, like the kids who do it. And I look and I'm like, that's the toughest event <laughs> on the track. You know what? Uh, I've had uh, teammates who did the uh, 800 and they said that it's essentially, uh, you know, just as I don't want to say bad, but, you know, from a physical standpoint, they said that it's the kind of the equivalent of doing the 800 where at the end of it, you are completely gassed uh, and, you know, it's half, the, it's less than half, or excuse me, it's less than half the distance. I believe it. It's, you know, the, the hurdle events also always make me nervous as a coach because, you know, in, in those events, it's anything can happen, you know, even if you're the favorite, it's like you hit a hurdle and it's over. It's like, ah, oh, it's just so nerve wracking to watch. Yeah, yeah. I uh, watched the uh, World Athletic uh, Championships uh, over the past couple of weeks. And uh, it's one of the only events where, you know, you you could be a favorite and you clip one and you're done. Or um, unless you're Sydney McLaughlin and you, you know, somehow break the world record for the fourth time in one year. It's not guaranteed anything in the hurdles. No, you're you're 100 percent correct. OK, so, you know, you finished track in high school. Was there. So was there ever a chance of you doing it in college or, you know, you got to the end of high school and you're like, okay, that's it. Like I'm taking a break from running. I'm not going to do this for a while. Uh, Honestly, for me, it was, I wanted to take a break from athletics just to kind of experience, you know, having a bit of freedom, kind of um, spend more time with people outside of the uh, athletic circle that I was involved in for, you know, um, you know, two hours a day, five days a week, kind of see what else there was out there and kind of expand. But there was still kind of an athletic uh, component where, um, you know, I would, uh, try to uh, join intramurals or have a little bit of athletic uh, activities I was involved in, but not as structured as being a part of, say, track or any sort of structured team environment in college. Yeah, I definitely get that because, I mean, as a young kid, you were pretty busy in high school. Yeah, yeah. And like what this is a completely I guess random question, but like what? Did you, I'm, I'm assuming you had other like extracurriculars or was the, the three sports just it? Uh, in, in college or excuse me, in high school? In high school, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was extracurriculars as well. Uh, being involved in our uh, starting an improv club in high school, as well as being involved. Uh, I was the student council president and a few other uh, endeavors that uh, were just kind of one-off things, volunteering with the um, Humane Society and uh, just being involved with other volunteer opportunities. So uh, basically it was, you know, going to school 7.30 through 3 o'clock, going to athletics from 3.30 to, say, 5.30, 6 o'clock, and then anything else after that for maybe an hour or two, and then, you know, trying to get some sleep and do some homework afterwards i'm impressed i can see i can see where you get your your organizational skills <laughs> um okay so you know get through college again you stay busy in college or take a break from athletics when and then you mentioned you went to grad school and you kind of got into running as like a stress reliever mm-hmm. so yeah, how did so when, uh, yeah so, sorry how did that start start back up again uh, so uh, in grad school, it was, um, you know, going to grad school down in Chicago. 
Um, I would spend the majority of the day down. Uh, I was at Roosevelt University, so being able to experience the lakefront there. If I had a class early in the day, I would have a few hours to kill, and you know, I just kind of plop around uh, the lakeshore uh, campus. Uh, excuse me, the lakefront campus. Kind of do a you know a little jog out there um, in between having time, uh, and then that kind of progressed from there. When I uh, actually had my schedule all get to uh, have classes in the morning uh, and still have the afternoon to do whatever I needed to do. Uh, so I uh, wanted to see how much of the lakefront I could actually see uh, and then progressed uh, eventually from there once I was able to graduate to wanting to see if I could do, uh, say, races or uh, events that actually were run out there as I'd see people training and kind of figured, you know, I could do that too myself. And okay, so you get to that point. What what you know? What's the first race you're like? Hey, this is this is what I'm signing up for. Uh, so it was the Chicago half that's done on the south side, I believe, from the Museum of Science and Industry. It goes north uh, to about Buckingham Fountain, I believe, right around there, that uh, museum campus area, and then goes back south. I did one of those uh, 5K programs with the Nike app. Uh, and I realized, you know, I could run a 5K and uh, I started trying to compete from there and see if I could run it faster each week, progress from there to maybe I should sign up for uh, a 10K, um, sign up for a local 10K out in the suburbs uh, and then decided, hey, I could, you know, sign up for a half. And that got me to the point of wanting to get towards those longer distances that I hadn't run before. Was did you like take a, a look back at yourself in high school and then, you know, after post grad school and think, hey, like I'm actually running distances now? Like that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh yeah, actually. Uh again, as I mentioned, it was one of those things where uh distance was um I always say our coach made distance a punishment. Uh, so I looked back and it was kind of uh, funny to retro uh, think about the fact that um, there's distances now that, you know, I was running that um, I thought were something that I'd never do, you know, getting past that 5K mark or that um, 10K mark. Uh, once I was in graduate school, starting to actively seek those out, it made me um, you know, realize that there's, um, a progression that you kind of go through where um, it, it kind of makes me think of Forrest Gump where you hit a certain distance and you think, all right, well, I can do that. Let me just go a little bit further. And you think, well, I hit that further distance. Let me go a little bit further. And you just kind of progress from there. That's so cool. I, I mean, I'm glad you, you found it and you liked it even after, you know, thinking of it as a punishment for a very long time. So what what were those early I mean, races like, you know, I imagine, is it fair to say you're a competitive person? Uh, yeah, uh, 100%. So uh, for me, it was a matter of, I always say, you know, the first time you run something, you're uh, automatically going to PR. And those first races, I just wanted to see, you know, what I could do. Um, just going with basic training, seeing if I could, uh, you know, do better than I thought. I could do. Uh, and then I would try to repeat those races kind of out on my own while I was training and see if I could do them better or faster um, and realize, you know, that I could. Um, so it was just kind of progressing from there, getting to a point where those races, while they seemed like they were hard at the beginning, it just kind of became kind of easier uh, in the training that I was doing. 
Yeah. And, you know, what I, I was going to, what part of what it was asking me when I was asking, you know, if you're a competitive person, I was like, how did you, I was like, I mean, I, I've, all of us have had struggles when we like started the distance running. I was wondering like, how did you handle some of those early struggles that, you know, we, we basically all go through and still go through. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, since it was also new, uh, it was a matter of understanding that you don't know what you don't know. So kind of embracing, um, this is something new and, um, you know, kind of leaning on the people who were, I guess, happy to see the running that I was doing. Like, uh, again, as mentioned, being a part of that team aspect from uh, track and, you know, being friends with guys who ran cross country. Um, initially, it was uh, those guys reaching out saying, oh, I see that you're running. Um, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, run or uh, if you're ever in this neighborhood, let me know. And I would kind of lean on them and say, hey, you know, I'm experiencing this. Have you experienced something like this before? Um, and they would, you know, kind of give their feedback there or let me know what they thought. Um, so, you know, being able to have that network definitely made it a lot easier to face the challenges that I'd never experienced before from a running perspective. Uh, that's so, that's really cool. You had a network. I didn't even, you know, think to ask you know, what kind of advice you were getting or who you were talking to, because I know yeah, from I my, my experience, I, I didn't really have that. I, you know, a lot of my friends don't really run. I, I basically, I kind of had to discover it on my own. Yeah. For me, I guess kind of the friends that I progressed through, um, from undergrad, excuse me, from, uh, high school through, um, hadn't really been part of running themselves, but they were kind of encouraging in, uh, what I was doing. And the friends that I had still from high school were, um, able to step up and say, Hey, you know, I see that you're still, you're, that you're running. I'm still running myself. Um, you know, here's some of the things that I'm going through or here's some of the kind of the trails that I run through and I'm running through these areas. Let me know if you have any questions or if you, you want to run uh, and it kind of allowed me to have this connection with groups that I hadn't spoken to, but we were going through similar experiences um, and uh, again, created a kind of a network that I didn't even know was out there. So when it, like, I, I love talking about shoes and, you know, I work at Fleet Feet. Mm -hmm. uh, when did it, you know, the shoe aspect come into it? When were you like, okay, I need a, a good pair of shoes or are you just, did you just start running and, you know, like the first pair of shoes you had on? Uh, so for me, the first time I realized I needed to get a good pair of shoes, I was, uh, I did the Chicago marathon in 2018. Uh, and I bought a pair of shoes from Marshall Fields, or excuse me, not from Marshall, uh, from, yeah, from Marshall's, uh, for about 35 bucks. Uh, and I thought, oh, they, they say running on them. These should be good. It's about September. I've got a month. Let me just, you know, do a few runs in them, get them ready. And then once I had actually got two time to run Chicago, uh, about halfway through, uh, I just started having shooting pains through my shins. Uh, I, you know, felt pains that I'd never really experienced before. Um, and I realized that it was probably a good idea to actually go and get properly fitted for shoes rather than just buy them off the rack and hope that they would, you know, work out. That sounds painful, but you know, I've been there. <laughs> 
Yeah. Again, it was one of those, you know, not knowing what you don't know. So I thought, you know, oh, these are only, you know, 35 bucks. They say they're for running. Um, I guess they should be good for me. But you don't realize that, you know, each foot is uh, its own individual entity. And you want to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of what's best for you, not just something that's generic. Now. Okay, you had like it sounds like you had a decent network. Um, I'm surprised nobody was like, "Hey, what are you running in?" Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, people were more so concerned about you being able to finish the runs or uh, at least hit the distance. For me, uh, a lot of the people I were talking to were saying, "You know, don't worry about the time. Worry about the experience. Uh, your first one." Uh, so I never really thought about kind of the uh, equipment that I was running with. I was more so happy that I was able to get through, say, you know, the 20 miler, uh, the three weeks before I didn't have any pains going through any of the other training runs. It was just marathon day. Once I started to you know, actually put that marathon pace to practice and, uh, get up there in mileage, everything just started to shut down. That, that, you know, that's, that's a, that is a fair point and good, good, helpful hit tips for, you know, those people, you know, telling you just enjoy the, the time and not worry about the distance too much. But you know, you, you someone, someone let you down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you, you mentioned the marathon in 2018. Was that your first? Uh, it was. What went into signing up for that? Cause, it, Cause I know it sounds like you've gone on this journey from, you went on journey from 5k basically up was the marathon, just the next logical step. Honestly, I, uh, was with a friend and lost a bet to sign up for the marathon over uh, a drink, shot him a lort. And they, you know, dared me to sign up for it about, you know, months prior. I took the shot, signed up for it there at the bar, eventually woke up, saw that I got charged for it. And then, you know, decided, all right, I guess this is going to be my first marathon from there uh, and got more serious about actually training. So they were a person who was running with CES and decided, you know, hey, you should join this group where uh, dedicated marathon training as opposed to just running with the Nike app that I was running with. Wow. M- Malort just continually doing bad things. You know what? I guess it was a good negative to have if it led to this point. You know, I guess so. You know, you've, you've met a lot of good people and you're still running. So there. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe, uh, maybe I should have been running from Malort. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is the accurate statement. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your your first marathon training experience. I love hearing about not that everyone has to you know run a marathon, but for those who have run one, I love hearing about yeah. their training journeys. Yeah. So for me, it was um, a big part of joining CES played part in me wanting to continue to progress through to the marathon. Uh, uh, Again, as mentioned previously, I was using the Nike uh, training club and just kind of going through the runs that they uh, set out there, but it wasn't kind of a a tailored plan where I wouldn't know how many miles I I was going to be running uh, each weekend or having the speed training throughout the week. Uh, It was more so I would open the app, see what that day told me to do, and then kind of progress from there. Uh, So a huge aspect was kind of having that um, training tailored to what you were trying to do or what your goals were uh, and uh, understanding how you were going to not 
take the whole thing in at once, but kind of take small bites from the elephant and progress week to week to get to kind of the goal that you had in mind. So it was a huge learning curve, the first marathon. And, you know, it's something that I appreciate being involved with a, a training group for. So one of the things I've, I tell a lot of people who ask for marathon advice for the first time is, you know, ask all of the questions and then ask more. What is a piece of advice that you would give someone who is currently training for their first Chicago marathon? Um, definitely think about fueling and rehydration more so than you think that you need to. Uh, that was something that I wasn't completely aware of my first marathon. I, you know, thought each hydration station would have whatever I needed specifically there. I thought that it would be tailored to people who were running a marathon and, you know, you would have everything needed. I realized as I was getting prepared for it, uh, I'm someone who's a super sweater. So I needed things like salt tabs. I needed more, I needed more uh, goose or excuse me, goose to, have there. Uh, and you want to think about it before you need it, as opposed to getting the marathon day and realizing that you need it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good piece of advice. Cause you know, training is, I mean, running a marathon itself is a lot. And then you think about all the extras and it, it can kind of get overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So, okay. You, you know, you finished the marathon despite the shooting pains, you know, during the race, what was it like crossing the finish line? Uh, it was a feeling of accomplishment. It was, I like to think of it as I, it was the first time experiencing something new. Uh, and that's something that I kind of uh, push towards, you know, every uh, physical challenge, you want to experience something new for the first time. And it, it kind of drives you more to seek it out further. Um, but I knew that I could do better than what I did the first time, just realizing, hey, if I get better shoes and I take care of nutrition and I actually put more work into the training that I was involved in, I could do this better. And that's kind of what's driven me to continue on um, past that first marathon, going into the second one uh, and each progressive marathon from there. What made you sign up for the second one? Again, I, I thought that I could do better than the first one. Um, while Chicago, I got lucky and got into the lottery with that one after signing up uh, for the shot of Malort. I didn't get in the Chicago the second time going through the same methods, but um, I thought uh, if I put more training in, I could do better, have more training. Uh, and I decided to sign up for the Philadelphia Marathon, which was a month later. Uh, so it allowed me to actually get through the training with Chicago, uh, go through another training cycle with CES, actually cheer on friends, see them go through their marathons uh, and then put more focused time into that last month uh, to try to get to a better time than I did the first time. And did you succeed? Uh, I did. Uh, so uh, going from the first marathon to the second, uh, I actually put effort into getting better shoes, my nutrition, more speed work, which uh, I didn't do speed work the first time. I was able to shave off about 45 minutes, but uh, it, again, reinforced that um, you can do better. You can continue to keep trying um, and wanting to push towards getting to a better marathon time. So uh, it's uh, it was great to see the work come through. 
That's awesome. 45 minutes is a huge jump. Way to, way to put in the work. Yeah. I uh, like to credit actually getting one of the uh, foot images done. Uh, I realized one foot was flatter than the other one and I actually needed orthotics, uh, I believe, or I believe they're called uh, insert orthotics. So uh, it definitely led to running a better time and uh, understanding that not all shoes are made for the same person. Well, we'll come back to running in a little bit. You know, we've talked about it for quite some time, but I want to know like some of the things that you do for fun outside of running. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for me, I've been playing the guitar about the last 10 years on and off. I call myself a uh, campfire guitarist. Uh, it's one of the things where I, you know, pick it up if I need to just kind of not think about something. I'll uh, just kind of plug around at the strings, uh, try to think through while not thinking um, as I play uh, and, you know, pick up anything that I kind of hear and think that I like, see if I can listen and try to pick out the notes on it. Um, outside of that, it's a matter of baseball and uh, other physical activities. Uh, I do like to hop on a divvy and just kind of go and sightsee the city as much as I can. Oh, the guitar is so cool. I've always wanted to learn how to play the bass, but I've been, I need to go buy one and then actually take lessons. <laughs> uh, it's a fun instrument. We also, I live in a high rise here in uh, the Lakeview area uh, where we do have a grand piano that's out in our lobby. And from time to time, I just kind of like to go down there and play around and see if I can, you know, learn something or we do have kind of free lessons that someone who lives in the building, an older retired lady, uh, she offers to just go down there. If you want to spend 30 minutes to an hour, um, you can kind of learn to play with her. Um, so it's, I just kind of like to pick up on music as much as I can. Is music something that's always been in your life or did you, you pick it up on your own? Uh, it's something I picked up going through uh, it's uh, before I didn't really have kind of the means to uh, I'm about 32. Uh, I actually am 32, uh, but I didn't have like the headphones and uh, Walkman uh, run with earlier or go through any sort of physical uh, activities to be able to listen to music through an iPod or Walkman. So um, what I've kind of done the last about three years is try to go through uh rolling stones 500 greatest uh albums and you know try to listen to each one progressively uh to kind of have that appreciation for music and that's kind of led me to if i like something try to learn how to play it or uh try to understand why some people think of it as being one of the greatest songs or greatest albums it kind of leads to opening up your mind uh outside of just the circle of songs or albums that you know that's such a cool thing to do i honestly had no idea wow mm -hmm. what's okay do you have a favorite song that you you've learned or or that you think or that you're yeah. that you want to learn i picked up the beatles white album after listening to danger mouse's gray album which was a mix of the beatles white album and uh, Jay-Z's Black Album. So I didn't listen to the Beatles growing up. I didn't, wasn't, it's not that I wasn't a fan of them. I just knew a bunch of their songs, but never really put time and effort into actually, you know, learning, you know, all of their, you know, discography. Uh, and after listening to uh, the Grey Album, I 
kind of went back and wanted to listen to the White Album. Uh, and it led me to learning some of the songs from the White Album. One of the ones I actually became a huge fan of was Dear Prudence, uh, which was a song that John Lennon wrote for, I believe it was the Duchess of uh, a group that he was on a vacation to Sri Lanka with who didn't want to go out and be a part of their exploration of an area. It's a long way of saying I, I, I learned a song from listening to a Jay-Z album to get to a Beatles album. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool that uh, music you like can lead to music that you didn't know that's that's a that's a really fun story i you know i'm a big music person myself but i think i think you definitely take the cake there with you know trying to learn the 500 greatest basically learn the 500 greatest albums yeah i mean it's uh it's a chore in and of itself there's some that i you know don't think of as being the greatest but you still kind of grind through them again it allows me to pick a new album each run that i go on throw it on listen to it uh it you can take in the music and not have to think about uh the you know the mile that you're in or the steps or the cadence that you have um so i usually have headphones in when i'm running and try not to think about what i'm actually doing now that i know that you're a musician as well is what do you think are some of the similarities between being a musician and being a runner? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just practice and realizing that it's not linear. You know, starting out with running uh, the first year, I saw a lot of uh, progression, uh, just going from the first marathon to the second. Uh, and then you kind of uh, hit plateaus and you kind of have to reassess, you know, why am I not getting to the certain point that I want to be at? And maybe it's uh, that, you know, you're doing the same practice again and you're expected to see different results where um, you kind of have to step outside of what it is that you're doing. And um, I, you know, would take in practice from say the lady who uh, worked in our building, giving out free lessons, learning something from piano, taking that to guitar um, or kind of in the same vein with running, uh, incorporating speed training and tempo work into uh, the running that I was doing to realize that it's more than just doing the same thing again and expecting the same or expecting different results. Yeah. And I, I think you can say the same a lot about life, really, that, you know, it's not, it's not a straight line and you have to take a step back sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of difficult to, take a look back at you know what you're doing or take a look at yourself you kind of have to have that outside eye perspective but um sometimes that's the best way to uh move forward is by taking a few steps back and looking at the entirety as a whole yeah i definitely i like that mindset um do you have a album that you're planning on trying to learn next or is it just you you'll just pick one uh so as of right now i am 100 deep the next album i'm going to be listening to it is a hip-hop album uh it's going to be commons b um which was actually influenced by a lot of 1970s soul music it was produced by kanye west when he was uh in 2003 going through his uh chipmunk music phase so uh a lot of the songs do have kind of the bass that uh you can learn or kind of a guitar riff that you can learn but 
I'm hoping that that'll kind of lead to picking up a few things here or there uh, and then progressing towards the next album um, so that I can yeah, continue on with the path. Do you like, do you post videos anywhere of you playing that? Cause that would actually be fun to see. No, no, it's, uh, it's literally me poking around and prodding in my house and my girlfriend saying, uh, you know, could you play it a little quieter? I'm trying to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe that could, maybe you can just be a, you become this TikTok guy. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Uh, apparently there's residuals out there. I see people, uh, doing everything on TikTok. So, you know, if people will listen to me, try to get better at, you know, instruments, I'll take it. There's a, I got to send it to you, but there's this guy who on Instagram, he just play, he plays bass lines from like a bunch of famous songs. It's really cool. Once I find it, I'll, I'll try and send it to you. Yeah. That'd be cool. See. Um, okay. So that was really cool to, to learn a lot, to learn that about you. I didn't know that. I didn't, didn't know any of that. Yeah. And I knew about the Cubs stuff, but we don't really have to talk about the sorry Cubs. Hey, uh, you know what? Everybody has a bad 108 years every once in a while. <laughs> looks like <laughs> looks like they're on path to have another bad 108. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, I believe you're a Sox fan, right? No, I'm actually a huge Cubs fan. <laughs> oh, got you. That's why, it's, uh, so, that's why it's so frustrating. You know, uh, it's funny. We've lived through the greatest Cubs years uh from a playoff perspective in the sense that there's 32 teams i believe and we made the nlcs three years in a row made the playoffs five out of six years and uh if you would have told me growing up that we'd have one world series and be complaining about how bad the cubs are i would have signed up in a heartbeat but now that i'm in it i uh feel as if i'm being uh let down <laughs> I can't say I can't say you're wrong. Like you, you make complete sense there because, but honestly, after 2016, I was like, if they don't win it this year, I might never watch baseball again. Yeah, yeah, I, I will say I uh, I made a lot of uh, promises and uh, prayers that I'm still paying off for 2016. So, uh, <laughs> y'all take the good, take the bad. <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, one of the, one of the things I've asked a lot on this podcast of people is what are, I mean, I don't know if you have any ideas, but what are some ways that you think we can make the sport of running a little bit more diverse? It seems like since the pandemic, or maybe that's just really when I started paying attention that it's gotten a little better, but what are, what are some of the ways that you think that we can just improve in general? I think one of the biggest things is just visibility, Um, kind of making it um, something that's seen to more people, um, more exposure to it, Um, kind of thinking of uh, in terms of myself, like if maybe if I was exposed to running at a younger age, it would have been something I would have done as opposed to, um, you know, thinking of it as a punishment, but eventually getting to that point where I kind of enjoy running. Um, And it's kind of cool to see, you know, groups sprout out on uh, the West side of Chicago, on the South side of Chicago. Um, There's more diverse groups of runners. There's um, uh, I believe black Chicago runners. There's three run to three. I think it's three run to, yeah. 
Yep, which is a uh, you know another diverse group. Um, I've seen uh, Hispanic groups of runners. Uh, so it seems like you know just getting that exposure to people um, kind of gives them that thought of it's something that they can do as opposed to um, something that is just uh, an ends to a means. Yeah, and it's it seems that something as so simple as that is can really just make it or really inspire someone else to it. Just like, you know, us being out there on the path, you know, or in the zoo lot, you know, putting in miles, someone might see us and be inspired. Yeah. I know. Um, one of the cool stories that, um, I don't know if anything really came from it, but, uh, one time I, uh, was finishing up a run over by Buckingham fountain and, uh, you know, there was a family out there, um, uh, African-American family, a young kid who, um, saw me running out there and, you know, I'm not fast at all. Uh, but I was just kind of plotting along finishing up a run and like a young kid just kind of ran next to me after, um, looking next to his parents saying, you know, look, you know, I'm out here getting this run done. Um, and, you know, ran with me for, you know, a few steps, um, you know, kind of, and finish the run from there. Never really thought about it, but, you know, maybe that kid's, you know, going to eventually going to want to be a runner themselves or kind of took that mentality and kind of pressed on and wanted to do something else from there. That is a really fun story. I love when stuff like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it makes you feel, it makes it easier to continue on with the run when you're not having to think about how, how painful the, minute that you're running is you kind of have to excuse me you kind of get to take your mind off it and enjoy being around other people or other people being involved in the run with you and i think also one of the the things you mentioned earlier when you were talking about your network is it allowed you to connect with people that you didn't think you normally would reconnect with yeah yeah. A lot of the people from high school track or uh, cross country that we never really crossed paths because we didn't have any commonalities. Um, we got to a point where um, say there were, you know, great high school track runners who'd never run a marathon and they were reaching out to me saying, Hey, you know, I've been watching the progress you made. I'm really proud. Um, wanna, if you're ever, you know, doing any sort of run, you know, let me know. Or if you need any sort of, you know, advice on anything, let me know. Um, and it's kind of cool to see that, uh, it's a net, or excuse me, it's a group of individuals who all just want the best for each person who's going through their own journey and running. Yeah. And I, I hope that's something, you know, to African-American guys that we can we can do for for others and and just connect with a variety of people and spread the sport that we've really come to enjoy. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I see friends who, you know, kind of talk about um, they never really think of themselves as a runner or can never really see themselves running. They kind of have the same mentality that uh, I had where running was a punishment. And I kind of say, um, you know, it's not really that you you have to uh, think about it as being a sport. Uh, think about how you can compete, progress, work through it. And, you know, it's not just something that uh, is only dedicated to certain demographics you know it's something that's for everyone exactly and i i hope you know we you know we continue to work on it as a sport as a whole but you know we just need to keep pushing and keep the progress going 
One of the things that I also wanted to ask you about when I asked you to be on this podcast, you said, you know, I'm not fast. Like that's just so I feel like that's another thing about running that I feel like needs to change. It's like, you know, why, why did you feel like you weren't like, I guess, cool enough to be on this podcast? Considering the fact that it was during the world athletic championships that you reached out to me, I, Maybe it was the fact that I was seeing, you know, world records being set and knowing the the caliber of speed that's been through. I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, be the guy at the back of the caboose. But um, no, honestly, it's uh, I think running is one of those things where uh, you you learn to be humble quickly. And for me, uh, coming from kind of that sprint background, I I try not to compare myself to a lot of people, but, you know, I always, uh, while I'm going through a workout, try to, uh, you know, see where I am or see how I'm progressing and, uh, wanted to, you know, have that mindset of, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a bat. I consider myself an average at best runner, uh, but, a but a great eater. So, um, I want to be, you know, uh, transparent in in the sense that, you know, I'm just trying to plot through a lot of the runs that I'm getting through or, uh, make sure that I am portraying that average runner who's just doing the best that they can and trying to compete with themselves in each run that they do. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's all it is. Like, just because, you know, we run different times doesn't mean I'm going to brush you off when I see you in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think we just need to be better about that. And I, I can, like, I had a conversation with someone else um, after the workout on Wednesday and he was like, I'm the fast, I'm the slowest of the faster runners. And so it's like, it's just a mindset that it seems like, I think no matter how fast you are, there's always something where you're just like, I'm not this, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and maybe it's that need to compete or that, uh, competing against, you know, yourselves or the groups that you're in, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, I'm not as fast as, or I'm not, um, you know, as strong as, uh, but, you know, I'm just trying to compete against, you know, what I've done previously or what my last workout was. Uh, and it's kind of a mindset that's kind of let me progress to where I am right now. Yeah, you know, and just from the brief time knowing you and talking to you today, it seems like you have a really good mindset on just saying like, let me focus on myself, just try and get better, you know, slowly and understand that it's not always going to be easy. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, as I've progressed, it's kind of led to the point where I, you know, speak to, as a pacer for CES right now, going from someone who was just a part of the group to being a pacer, I kind of try to install that mentality in the people that I run with and let them know, um, hey, um, you know, don't worry about what the other person's doing, kind of uh, learn to run your own race and uh, worry about finishing on your own. But uh, as a runner myself, it's something that I still kind of think about at times. We we all do. It's, it's a, a constant struggle, like during every workout, I'm just like, ooh, okay, they're going a bit too fast. I got to let them go. <laughs> <laughs> again, just thanks again for coming on. This has been really fun so far. Um, yeah, likewise. Appreciate uh, you having me on. So I have a, a few more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being, you just said you were a good eater. So I would love to know some of your favorite places in the city or favorite types of food. 
Uh, so it starts for me after each run. Uh, I try to make it to Jim's original. I have a Maxwell Street Polish. Uh, that is my uh, kryptonite. It's how I it's how I get through a lot of the long runs that I have uh, as someone running on the south side of Chicago, being so close to it. Uh, it makes me uh, that much more motivated to get through a run. Uh, and then the night before a run, uh, I typically try to go to have pasta bowl delivered out to me. Uh, try to have like a huge carb dinner. If I can't make it out to pasta bowl, I'll try to, you know, have something like say, you know, a, a pizza from a local pizzeria, only a few slices there where, uh, if, uh, let's say I can't finish the whole thing. I have something later on to think about during the run outside of that. Uh, it's more so fueling to get through a run, not, uh, fueling, uh, to, you know, be the best at a run. Okay. I like the, uh, I like the gyms, uh, the Maxwell, the Maxwell street Polish. I, I, I want to try some of that. <laughs> uh, make it down to the South side. They're, uh, available, I believe 20 hours out of a day, uh, close from 1am to 5am. And there is a line literally anytime that you go there to get one. All right. I'll have to do that one time. Um, okay. And then another question I had from you is your, your Instagram page. It's how did it become a page where you like, is it like largely dedicated to like making memes? Uh, so for me, it was more so uh, after I want to say 2016, 15 slash 17, a lot of negativity going on, uh, you know, in the world from social media perspective, uh, a lot of just every time I would log on, I would, you know, feel drained and have to go through some sort of argument with someone. So I just kind of got to a point where I wanted to kind of have a positive interaction and uh, try to entertain myself while also seeing if I could entertain other people as well. Uh, and it just kind of took off from there where, um, you know, I'll throw something up there that, you know, made me laugh for the moment or made me stop and think or stop and reflect. And um, if, you know, someone else feels the same way, they'll comment or um, they'll let me know what they think about it. Uh, and uh, just kind of going from the negativity that was going on in that time to now, uh, from a mental perspective, has been uh, great to see the progression of social media from being this back and forth, this combative way to uh, we can all just kind of enjoy this. And even if you see something that you you know may not necessarily agree with, um, you know you can kind of you know see it and keep scrolling. Or um, if you see some meme that I put up uh, and it makes you you know kind of uh laugh and think you know you can kind of progress from there no i i love that mentality and your page definitely you know always makes me laugh from time to time so it's always fun to to see the random random memes you put up there hey thanks it's uh it's i always like to say i have to entertain myself and i hope that i entertain someone else too Absolutely. I, you know, sometimes I'll post like a bad joke or something up there and I'm like, if one person laughs, <laughs> that's all that matters. You know what? Uh, I got a dog uh, two years ago and I feel like my uh, dad jokes have gone up. So uh, now I post more dad jokes on Instagram and somehow other people like them too. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite that you've posted? 
I think I posted something uh, a few a few weeks ago. It was um, something to the effect of uh, two guys sitting in a car, and one of them said, uh, "Do you know that uh, Norway's uh, boats all have barcodes on them?" Uh, and the other person said, "Why?" And it's uh, they responded with, "So that when the ships come in, they can scan the navy in." <laughs> and I thought it was. I thought it was the dumbest funny joke. And I was like, all right, nobody's going to like this. And I posted it on Instagram and people were like, wow. <laughs> oh man. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was pretty bad, but good. My dog doesn't laugh at him, but yeah. Internally, you just gotta, it's that your dog is internally laughing. <laughs> Um, all right. Is there, do you have anything else that you, you want to bring up or that you can think about? Oh, sorry. Last question. Uh, so future goals, what are they for running? Uh, so for me, uh, my immediate future goal, uh, is, uh, to see if I can do two marathons back to back. Uh, I recently did three in 90 days, uh, I just wanted to see physically if I could do it. And then I did. And then I wanted to see if I could do back to back uh, marathons a week apart from a time perspective. Eventually I want to get to being a four hour marathoner. Uh, I realize I'm never going to qualify for Boston from time, but it's kind of never, you know what? Uh, I did the math. If I can hold the same time for the next 50 years i'll qualify when i'm 72 (laughs) so that's a goal that i have um but no honestly i just want to break four hours um you know if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't uh i've kind of reached the point where i realize i'm not gonna you know run a personal best every marathon that i run so uh, I just kind of look at running now as a great way to see a bunch of different cities, uh, keep myself physically fit, and uh, just be a part of a great community. And I think that's I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, I appreciate you taking the, the time out of your day and, again, apologize for the confusion earlier. Yeah, yeah, likewise. No worries. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day as well. Glad we're able to connect. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, hopefully I'll see you on Wednesday. Likewise. All righty, man. Have a good one. Hey, thanks a lot. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join me, Tyran. Keep me posted on your journey to learning all of those albums. Thank you for listening. Don't be afraid to DM me a guest suggestion as well. I'll talk to you soon.